You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel. Yes, I am back. Although I left my suit at home, I apologize for that. I didn't realize in the week I was gone, we've all of a sudden gotten fancy. We're all suits now. I, I didn't get the memo on the suit, so I apologize for not wearing a suit, but great to be back. We got Joel. We got Dennis. We got you in the chat. Give us a like, guys. I missed you. I missed all of you. I hope you missed me just a, a third as much as I missed you. It's great to be back. we got a lot going on today. Tim Quast, Matt Hammond. We're talking Apple. We're talking EVs. We're talking Alibaba. Big note from Goldman Sachs this morning on Internet Stocks. We'll talk about all of that. We'll take questions. And, uh, yeah, guys, good to be back. I'm, I'm excited. I hope you missed me. Did I you? didn't know he still worked here. <laughs> yes, He's been gone I... for so long, Spencer. It's like, whoa, Spencer's back. Where's Mitch? Just kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah. I we, know you... we missed you. We missed you, Spencer. We did miss you. Thank Although you. you do have to get a suit now because Mitch has set suit. a new standard. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, the host of the show has to wear a suit now. So Mitch screwed you on this one. Mm-hmm. A suit every day because the chat yep. liked it. Like, you know, we, we thought that the chat didn't like the suits, but it was positive. <laughs> yeah. It was a it was a very positive commentary about the suit. So Spencer has informed us though that his suit is at the diet at the dry cleaners and he will be getting a suit here soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, that, <laughs> that's that's where it is. That's, Not just one suit, but I think he had like different ones. He was he was dressed. <laughs> I mean, you know, I can't, I'm he tried to take your job. I think I got the single oh, suit. His hardest. And you know what? Also, you missed Spencer. You missed my visit to the office. I heard about that. Yeah, I yeah. heard. I heard that you stopped by during the day for like a half hour and you said, and then you left. <laughs> no, I, do you know that it, I was in the office for less than two minutes and I got yelled at by Raz? No. <laughs> yes. You yes. saw, first of all, you saw Raz? We haven't seen Yeah, I did. So I see Raz. You know what? He is a shadow of his former self. Why? What's going <laughs> on? With I, I, I don't know. I haven't he, seen him I know you can't talk about women losing weight, you know, can you get in trouble? Is he losing weight? <laughs> yeah, he did. Come on. It was me and him. We were the ones holding oh, the 15 party. Yeah, he must have lost 15, 20 pounds. Come on, Raz. Yeah. You're screwed now. I'm by myself. I'm the only overweight person I've been seeing. On this show, I know. I know. Oh, because Joel, we know, swims all the time, which is ridiculous. <laughs> so 
Oh, it was me and Raz. We were yeah, no, great. No, I was in the office. I took Mitch and Chris Catchy out to lunch. What a fun lunch we had. We went to that park place, and then we came back, and I got to talk to Rohan and <laughs> wait, Aaron. Wait, wait. You guys went to park? I've never gotten taken there before. I, I know. I truly did. everything. That yeah. place is expensive. I know. That I place know. is expensive. <laughs> Joe's never taken me there before. But no, this, you take Mitch and Catchy there, and you won't take Spencer there. Well, I put it on my credit card, and then I'm going to expense it to Benzinga. Uh, so okay. no, you know, don't say okay. anything. All right, real quick to <laughs> the rundown. Then we got a big yeah. question for Spencer since he's okay. been gone. Spoos, man, it's it's a rally, but show it's us been, a, show us the chart. Show us the chart. Okay, it 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 was it's been a tough one because we opened higher than we came down and undercut the low from Friday. So if you just bought off the open, you probably got stopped out, but we've come roaring back. We're in the green by 25 handles at 44.74, just off the high of uh, 76.75. Crude will not give in, over 70 now, up 61 cents at 70.33. Gold basically down a buck at 17.91. Silver losing those lows just under 24, down 22.5 cents at 23.68 bitcoin under 45k down 750 at 44925 and ethereum ooh, ooh, we're losing 3300 there now nah, i don't out? know if you should sell it but you're out? the one that called for it to go down down 5250 uh at 3259.75 so a little scared on that ethereum sure i'm not look at it because i'll sell it the stock question of the week for you spencer for okay. last week. Oh, please. And I think I know the answer. <sighs> Did you hold on to your affirm? I knew that was coming. I, I <laughs> knew that was coming. Um, someone tweeted at me on like, oh. on like Thursday, and they were like, you must love that. And I was like, what do I love? Because I knew what happened. I th- was it Thursday or no? Or maybe it was the earnings probably after the close on Thursday. I okay, think. so so maybe they tweeted at me Friday, but I, I was watching and I went on, on, on Thursday into the print. So, or maybe it was it was Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday. I was watching it, so I knew what happened. Okay, um, as far as the price was concerned, and I knew I had my order out there, and I and I and I went and I and I looked and I was like, "Yep, yep, I got filled." <laughs> you had the order sent out there after hours? No, 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 no. I, I no, 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 no. I, I had a stop set at oh, uh for no. for ninety. And, oh, and and and, and I looked, and this is what was it Wednesday? I guess it was Wednesday. Yeah, uh, there. and and I looked, and and I and and because I because I because I saw it because because I saw I saw the I saw the 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 chart, but I I didn't look at my account because I was like afraid to. Um, <laughs> and then I looked, and I was like, "Yep." Yo, I hope I, I didn't put it in. Isn't that a worse <laughs> feeling? I have that happen to me so much. Maybe I'd be like Sean. Sean doesn't use stops. He just yeah. yeah. Hopefully I, his thesis plays I, out in the long I, run. I thought maybe maybe there was like a chance that like for whatever reason like the order was like canceled or no mm, no very seldom no it wasn't. <laughs> oh you know what though you got to protect your capital at all costs. It did undercut the low. You did have a big number. It was going into obviously yep. into earnings. So with yep. all that considered, we're not going to say it was the wrong call. Obviously, hindsight capital is always twenty twenty. I will tell you the best of them get stopped out right before the big move. You know, I I joke how I held Hind stock for a decade. It really went nowhere. I held it for literally ten years. It was like the first stock I ever bought because I was from Leamington. And uh, that's where Heinz was. And I literally had this Heinz stock in my portfolio for, oh, I think, Heinz 10 story. years. 
And I'm like, you know what? This Heinz has never really went far. I was up slightly in it, but I was like, there's better places for my capital. I sold it after 10 years, Spencer. A week later, Warren Buffett took it over. <laughs> Berkshire Hathaway took him out, and the thing went up 50% or something like that, or 40%. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you absolutely kidding me? 10 years I hold it, and then a week later, it gets taken over? I mean, that happens. Happens to the best of us. So you know what? Move on. Yep. Try not to let it bother you. It always bothers me. I haven't really learned how, but how to not let it bother you. Yeah. Stops, they... for the most part, are your friend, though. They keep your capital intact. Yeah. So so whoever tweeted at me on the Friday that was like, I bet you love this. No, no, I don't. I, I, I don't love this at all. Actually, I hate but... this. I absolutely hate, I hate this. this. <laughs> <laughs> I but actually hate that stock now. What are you going to do? It happens. I, I, was, I, was, I was not wrong. I was early. Uh, what 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 does Bob say? Limit orders, limit profits, or something like that. Is that what he says. Yeah, I don't know. Or did oh, I mean that up? Man. All you right. It all depends. You gotta have your time horizon. You gotta just say why you're in it. And 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 you know sometimes, obviously, in my long term investment account, I do go in some stocks for long term, and I don't stop myself out. And sometimes I eat some really big losers. Usually at the end of the year, I do portfolio cleanup, and I might have. 60 or 70 and there's a couple stocks in there that have just been awful maybe you're down like 40 50 percent them i usually eat those losses because i need the tax breaks at the end of the year i take the tax breaks and then i move on but i mean the one good thing about using stop stops you know and all your trading is you don't end up with those big losers because just because a firm would have been a big winner for you the next one might have been a big loser so it's yeah. tough i mean if you're going in for trades you got to have your risk on you got to have you know where am i getting out if this trade starts to go bad and it did look bad I mean, down days, undercut the low, yeah, and it was bailed out by the earnings. The earnings were really good, so there was sellers and there was trying to even get into the gap. Yeah, and I was thinking, like, how could the earnings be good already? You know, like the Amazon stuff. You know, the the premium was baked into the price, but you haven't seen the follow through on it. But uh, that's enough for the. um, We'll never talk about the stock again for Spencer's sake well yeah. daniel says he thought this only happened to him nope <laughs> not to us all i get stopped out on things right before the moves all the time there was one recently i had too that i got stopped out like right at the low and i don't remember which one it was but then it blasts out. oh it's gene g-e-n-i i was uh, i had that on for a trade it's mitch's pick it was the g-e-n-i and it wasn't necessarily a stop but it, it started looking a little bit trashy i was like yeah i don't really like it and it moved from 16 i bought around 18 dollars it moved up. This was back maybe like the 5th or the 6th of August. And then it moved up to 19. It was looking pretty good. But then I had that ugly candle in there where it undercut the 18 pretty hard. And I was like, I don't know. I think it's going down. It went down to 16. So actually the sale was good because I ended up scratching out the trade, but I never rebought the stock. And boom, now it's 24. And I was like, why did I sell that? Why did I get out of that? So, oh yeah, I'm trying to protect my capital. But anyways, in this case, I just limited my limited my uh, profits. So is what it is. Halves are the best of us. All right. Spencer. All right, Spencer. We'll let you uh we'll let you get back into gear here and uh and lead the show there. And uh yeah, I just wanted to bring it up. I mean no, we talked no, about no, it. No, it, it was good that you did. I I, I I I checked it once on Wednesday, checked it again on Thursday, and then I, I saw what happened on Friday and I was like I was very you know whatever, it happens, it happens. Oh, it does. Yeah. Um. Okay. Wow. Where do we go? Where do we start? So, you so, 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 show. so, what, what happened? I, I leave for, for now for this week. Until <laughs> Mitch comes out and like wait. does you in. <laughs> wait, wait. So, 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 I leave for a week, and the market has its worst week since June, since the beginning of the summer. Is that actually is that, that's true? Is that we what happened? Not let him leave again. That's actually true. Yeah. 
I know. That's what, that's why I said it. I only speak truth. So. I think I think it was, uh, and I was talking with Spencer about this. I mean, you know, the Apple news on Friday, the App Store, you know, developer rules, yada yada yada. How many times you heard that? And uh, and Dennis, you you mentioned a uh, you know a little trepidation over nine eleven. I mean, you know, it it was the twentieth anniversary. That's all they talked about on the yeah, yeah really the did. TV. Yeah, wait, can, and, can I just say if anyone is ner- ever nervous about flying on nine eleven, I flew. On Saturday, I flew home, uh, and it was totally normal. It was like a hundred percent. It was if I didn't know better, I wouldn't have thought it was not. It was a regular day. That it was just it was normal. It was, so yeah. if anyone is nervous about that, uh, I would say based on my experience, no need to be. Though they do charge a extra security fee. Did, did you know that they charge? I think it's six dollars a person for Everybody, flying on nine eleven. Yes. Everybody who flies 9-11 gets charged an extra security. Really? Yes. Crazy. $6, huh? Yes. Anyway, okay. Let's talk about Apple here because there's a lot going on here. There's there's the the epic decision from last week. Plus, we have an iPhone event tomorrow at 1 o'clock Eastern time. We're going to get some new iPhones, which is, of course, Apple's cash cow. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. So, on the one hand, you've got... Um, I probably won't be buying it because I'm still on the... I don't even know where my phone is right now on the 4 or the 5. But um, I'm on the... I'm one on, day I'll upgrade. I'm on the 13 or I don't even know the 12. The, whatever came out last year is what I'm on. But, um, yeah, the, 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 the epic decision... It was funny because I was reading it um, from the beach. Uh, and it didn't seem like a win to either party. If you from from my from my interpretation, it didn't seem like either side really won a lot. It seemed like they both kind of judged. They didn't. The one thing, and Kramer made this point, which is a good point, is they said that they're not a monopoly. So I mean, uh, that's what Kramer said. I'd be running with that. I think it was Kramer that said it. Yeah, somebody said it. Yeah, that's good. Obviously. Yeah, that's good for Apple. Like, I mean, right. you know, so you got to pay whatever, you know, Epic Games, but they've, you know, come out here and said, well, Apple's not a monopoly. You can use that later on, you know, multiple times. So that aspect of it, obviously, good for Apple, but I don't know. They actually hit Apple on this news. You know, you can see the chart. Well, it's Apple funny. got hit hard. It's funny because it's like there's, there's good news and bad news. Good news, not a monopoly. Bad news is that they basically, basically all, uh, other companies are allowed to go outside the App Store ecosystem, right? And Apple charges 30%, right, commission on every dollar spent yeah. in the App Store. Yeah. Apple gets 30% of that dollar, right? Now, if you have an app, you're allowed to go out around that apparatus, the ecosystem. So that's bad for Apple, yes. right? So good news for Apple, not a monopoly. Bad news for Apple, everyone else is now, um, this, this basically paves the way for everyone if yeah. they want to, to go around the Apple App Store ecosystem, marketplace, whatever you want to call it, yeah. um, and do their own thing, right? So it, it's sort of a good news, bad news thing for Apple. I'd have to, you'd have to dig into the revenue, revenue. and That's see how good. much revenue comes from that. Yeah. I mean, is it, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to gather that it's probably not even nah, high that... single digits, just, just going from a guess. But and obviously I'm not in there. And if somebody knows that number, maybe they can speak up in the chat. But I'm going to think this is for, you know this is just a couple of percent of their revenue. I'm I'm assuming, but I have not looked. Is I, it more I, than that? I don't know if anyone really knows. 
Um, might not be broken down like that. They, I, no, I, I think so. I was reading reading this morning. There are some estimates that, and I'm reading this from Wendy Bush. There are some estimates that suggest that Apple and Google earn as much as 20% of their total operating profit from that cut that they take. Well, that's scary. In their app stores. This is profits, but that's scary because it's, because it's all profit on that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, but we don't really know though. That's the thing. We don't really know. Uh, Last year, Apple uh, had revenue from their app store at $17 billion. Right. So this is a big pie. It is, it is, but they're still writing to Apple, right? They're still staying, right? I mean, the the fees are not going to be much, but Apple is Apple. I mean, I it, it's short term. They walloped it, and you know, it's still hanging in there. It's bouncing back a buck fifty today. I mean, that's the snapback rally, though. Do I mean, they do they appeal? Is this like the final thing? Do I don't know if they appeal? want to appeal because yeah, yeah, they, well, 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 that's the thing. Is, yeah, that's true. Well, Epic is appealing because Apple won on most counts, but Epic is so Epic is the one that's appealing the ruling. So, so it, wow. it's, it's a they? good news, bad news for both of them, right? <laughs> it's like it's just this App Store thing. If this App Store thing wasn't in, Apple would have rallied on this, but it didn't. Yeah. So. Couple thoughts, Joel. Just technicals. That was an ugly candle. I mean, Very. you can say what you want about the news. You can say, "Oh yeah, this is just a one-off." But when you look at the technicals, that's a breakdown, and that catches some people. I mean, there is people that have been hiding with Apple, saying, "Well, Apple's defensive. It works in Delta environment with COVID. It works when you know if, if we go back. You know, it works in all environments." But you know, you get a hit on revenue. You get a hit from this app store, and some people are saying. It is a huge piece of profits for them because most of this is profit on this app store stuff. Um, you know, and and not to leave Google out here, Google got hit on this as well. I mean, that was an ugly candle for Fang in itself. I mean, Facebook was pulling back here, but you know, Google and Apple got hit pretty hard. So now you look, I'm long both of these stocks. Am I selling them out of my long-term accounts? No. If I had them on for trades right now, I'd probably be using today's rally to lighten up if these were trades. Just for the simple reason that sometimes you get the big whoosh and you get a little snapback bounce. And then sometimes there's some follow through pressure. So, um, and that's also concerning for the S&P overall because you can see SPY holding up, SPY holding up, SPY holding up. SPY is its worst day because of Apple and Google. You know, they're, they're so heavily weighted there. And maybe that starts to bring down other components. But it's, you know, basically when you're buying SPY, you're buying a huge chunk of Apple and Google and the big five. And when the big five starts to roll over, SPY rolls over as well. So you can talk about the broad market. You can talk about IWM, which didn't have a great day either. But, you know, when you look at SPY, SPY had a worse day simply because Apple is such a big component. I like the technical setups on both. And I'll just give you, yeah, I mean, Apple came right down to where it should. And it's bouncing. You had uh, this low at 148.61. You hit 148.70 on uh on friday and you bounce so that's a clear level there how many times do you see the like one or two day rally here and then you come and take that level out so i'm not i that's the main level i'm focused on there i think what's momentum getting to there those other two lows don't mean a lot next stopping point 145 uh and then for the gookster i mean big old couple thousand dollars stock and you get three lows in the same area come on kick me aside the head 28.35 low on friday and then a couple other lows here at 28.40 so there there's your line to say and if you're really worried about that rig 
you know, big red bar and you're not trying to sell into the pop, sell on weakness. How many times will that keep you out of a trade instead of trying, oh, I, I better wiggle out at, uh, you know, 2,900. It never ends up taking out that low. It does take out that low. Then you have some more, more room on the downside. So I'm just looking at it, uh, looking at it technically. I think, and I called the market on Friday when, when Mitch uh, just said final, ca- final thoughts. And I was like, I'd sell this rally. Obviously, you know, maybe lucky because the Apple news comes out, but we went straight down after the open. And we are kind of having a repeat of Friday uh, here know. today. Where you've got a really ugly day, which we had on Thursday. We had an ugly close. We got the snapback rally because you got the Johnny come lately, buy the dippers and have to buy in the morning. And they faded those guys hard, those guys and girls hard. And I would not be surprised if we saw a similar move here today. It's the nice snapback rally. Everybody who bought, you know, in the afternoon, half the people are getting their money back here because nobody wants to sell at a loss. Um, I think I think I'd be inclined, more inclined to sell this rally once again. So just basically it's Groundhog Day, absolutely repeating what worked on Friday, which was selling the strength. So that's what I'm looking at here this morning is selling strength as well. Yeah, also, and everything. Yeah, if you just look at like the average daily moves for the spoos, I mean, you have it right now. I mean, we have over a 30 handle range. Yeah, maybe it's closer to 38, 39. So, you know, are, are things set up to have like an extraordinary update, you know, go up another 25 handles from here? Yeah, maybe. But uh, first things first, we'll look through uh, look through the uh, pre uh, follow through through the pre market high of seventy six seventy five, and uh, also I mean, and I've mentioned this a thousand times so far, we've had two back to back down weeks twice for the entire year, once in February and once in April. I mean, are we going to go through an entire year with only two back to back down weeks? Yeah, maybe, but. You got one on the start. You got you're getting off the mat today. One thing you do have to keep in mind, though, we are now under the December contract, folks. Uh, ESZ uh, official rollover was on Wednesday, and you do get some rollover turbulence. But you do have the quad witch on Friday, and quad witches are you know uh, often turning points in the market. And so far, it's just been big expirations of the upside, and we continued higher. We'll see if that happens, and uh, also. You know, don't want to say it too many times, but, you know, Sal Rosh Hashanah by Yom Kippur is working pretty well this year. And it's so weird. When is Yom Kippur? Thursday. It ends Thursday at sundown. So you're having when you're having the theoretical buy date coming back on quad witch expiration. Can you that tell is... us the rationality behind <laughs> the buy? Don't you read any I hear articles? it every year, but I've actually never Man. stopped to read why. It's, it's so, okay, the Jewish New Year, right? You yeah. had a good year. You want to concentrate on the next 10 days, focusing on, you know, being a better person, focusing on, you know, your sins from the prior year. So you shouldn't be worrying about money, right? So you get out of the market. This is more for Orthodox Jews and, you know, that follow this. So you get flat the market. Right. So that's how Rosh Hashanah. And then you reflect over the 10 days and, you know, you come back, you go to Yom Kippur, you say, you know, Avinu Malkenu, and, you know, you're all set and then you're ready to get back into the market. So you sell and then you rebuy at Yom Kippur. And the historical significance varies over the years. I think last year I said buy Rosh Hashanah and buy Yom Kippur because the market was going up so much. But that's it. It's just, 
you know, you don't market adages, Dennis. You know, oh, yeah. there, there's some meaning behind it. But I'm, this is something I've written about. I did an article. Dennis, did you see the article I sent you over the weekend? Mm, I'm bad. That would be a no. How did you? <laughs> it was a busy weekend. I texted you and I emailed it. I know to it was you. a busy weekend. <laughs> the email. I should have mailed it. To the you. email won't get through, Joel. The email won't get through. It, it's tough to get emails through to me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and also, on top of all of this, lest we forget, we do get CPI tomorrow. Inflation is still a thing, everyone. So I uh, was at uh, yeah, two. yeah. Someone someone asked like the most difficult question. They're like, uh, "Do you think we're going to have a tapering correction? Uh, are we tapering? I mean, <laughs> what are, what the hell are we doing? I don't know. We're not. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Powell is." Uh, <laughs> He's not giving in. I don't know. We get a weak jobs number. I mean, you just can't you can't predicate your investment strategies on, you know, a taper or interest rates going up because we're still at like historically low rates. So if you think a bump in rates, you know, a quarter point or whatever, you're going to rush and take all your money out of the stock market and put in T-bills. I don't think that. That's not going to be happening. So we'll see. We get runaway inflation. That's a different story. We get stagflation. That's a different story. But they don't want it. They don't want to. I mean, rising interest rates would hurt this economy. Can I just say, so yesterday we had to do a food shop. Obviously, we had no food in the house. We hadn't been in forever. Uh, We went to Costco and the typical food store, Meyer, right? And we spent $350 for For two Costco and Meyer for two people. What time did you go to Costco? That's impressive. You uh, guys like to eat. Oh, you went Saturday. Oh, we no, went no, yesterday. No, we went. We went yesterday, like ten in the morning. Granted. Oh, you went early. Granted, uh, we had no food in the house, zero, and we like to buy in bulk. So it, it, you know, we're not going to be going for a while now. But um, still, that's a lot of money. He's talking up for Delta. That, that's that's not that's not it. Costco's a machine. You know what they? You know what they've done? They've added. They got their back with samples. I, I don't mess with them now. Uh, but you, <laughs> you, know, you used to go and eat your entire lunch. I know, I mean, it's all like, oh, Joel, right. tell the story. He does. He he goes there. The whole family back when the kids were young, and they're like, oh, we don't actually. Maybe that was me. Stop. Maybe that <laughs> no, was me. <laughs> you know what they did? They added the self checkout. So now, like, even these lines are super huge, and you, and then all of a sudden, like, everyone did. Just zips right through. I mean, they're efficient there, man. But uh, yeah, yeah, we loaded up on food for the breakfast. But yeah, enough about food. Okay, and that's a lot of money, Spencer. Holy, ah, you're, not, you're, you're bringing not, your lunch. You're not kidding. I always bring my lunch, Joel. Oh, did about- you do? Did you do your meal prop? I noticed that cafeteria, man. There's, no, I'm. Can I short the cafeteria? There's nothing going on in there. <laughs> Yeah. There's nothing going on in that cafeteria. No, so you were here for like five minutes or so. I was not here. Who said I was there for five minutes? I don't, I don't know. No. Raz I'm is Raz kidding. in the office, or did he make his no. quarterly visit? No, he made his quarterly. He, he made his quarter for the month. He's done. Okay. Um, right. Let's Market. talk China. Let's talk China. Let's talk China. Off the rails. Bring us in. I, I know. I know. We're, 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 Mitch right. is so much better at, at bringing us. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. He doesn't take our shit. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk. That S, you swore. Oh yeah. Now I'm in trouble. I can because Mitch ain't here. Mitch would be. I'd be in trouble. Then you that. just said ain't. Ain't ain't a word because ain't ain't in the dictionary. That's Spencer, come on, take kid. control. Are we good? Okay. Yeah, bring us back in, okay. please. Okay. There are two China headlines this morning I want to discuss. One related to Alibaba. The other related to EVs. And we'll start with Bobby here. This is a report from the FT over the weekend that China wants to break up Alipay. 
which is owned by Ant Group, which is within the Alibaba ecosystem there. So there's that. That's your Baba headline today. And the second headline is from your EVs. Apparently, the Chinese government thinks that there are just too many EV makers in China. They want NEO and Xpeng and BYD to to consolidate and Li Auto to consolidate. There's just too I, many of you guys. I couldn't the agree with that. Risk. I, no, I couldn't agree with them more. I could the not EV agree aspect. with them more. Yeah. I could not agree there's with them, them more. There's too many. And there's, there's like, like who needs them? I mean, who needs all these EVs, man? Do we I really mean, need I, electric vehicles. Well, to save the environment, we do. No, I don't want to get in my whole tangent. I, I, I agree with that. The, the longest-standing Tesla shareholder is now arguing against EVs. I want to hear this <laughs> because they're not a car company. It's a they're an internet, uh, solar, whatever kind of company. That yeah. was Raz's argument the whole time, and you know what? He was yeah. right. Yeah. I don't know what to think. These stocks, I mean, it's so hard to like hold them overnight because this news comes out all the time. So <sighs> I'll look at it technically for the Bobster, and you know, we're trade. We're off the pre-market low. We're climbing back. Dennis made a good call on this a while ago uh, off that one fifty-two eighty, even though it didn't even get close to there. Uh, one fifty-two. How high did you go? Uh, sixty-two, seventy-two, twenty-six, thirteen. I, what if you want feel like you need to own it? This is the area 165, 166, 50% uh, pull back off this move. So that's what I'm looking at it technically. Dennis, you want to give your fundamental or technical thoughts on that one? I, it's all political rest. Yeah, I mean, so it just hard. doesn't go away. We get a new headline once again here to come in and knock Alibaba down. It's like every every time Baba's going down, it's because China said something or China yeah. did something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's tough when the government is actively working against your companies, your your public companies, and I just don't see that changing anytime soon. And that's why I'm on. You know, you've got to stay underinvested. The only one I own directly is Alibaba, and it, it's a half size position because I sold half of it up at two thirty. I should have sold it all, uh, but you know, I was like, well, this is still valuations are attractive. The valuation's been attractive the whole time, but now they're breaking this off and this off. Who knows what they do next? So the unknown. Of the China of China itself is the scariest thing for owning all these stocks. Are some of them undervalued? Absolutely. Have some of the, this political risk been priced in? Probably. Has it all been priced in? Well, we don't know what that risk is, so it's hard to say if it's all been priced in. So I don't know. I just stay away from it until I know more. And I, I think Dennis said said the key words there, uh, which are not going away. That this is ultimately the million dollar question as it relates to any big macro thing, be it this or COVID or or anything, right? Trade war, is it going away? Right. Yeah. Like, like 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 COVID, like COVID, we have like we have we have some clarity now. It's been a year and a half. We have some sense, like okay. The worst is probably behind us, right? But with this, with China, we have absolutely no idea. Is it going away? It appears not because every week there's a new headline, at least one, probably several, right? So, like, it's not going away. It's been a steady barrage of this for the last, I don't know, what, four, five, six months longer in in Alibaba's case, like a year for Baba, right? So, um, it's not going away. So, yeah, you can be the hero and say, oh, it's Alibaba. Yeah, I'll buy the dip here, sure. But like, maybe you do that after headline number four. We're at headline like fifty right now. Like, like it's every week. If you were selling on headline number one, you are an absolute genius. When they pulled the Ant IPO, 
That was oh, the best selling it. opportunity of selling opportunities of all time. And if you look back and look at the weeklies, we know right that was right when the stock was near all time highs at 319. And it got hammered the next day on that news. And then it snapped back. And that was the opportunity around $300 to get the hell out while the getting was good. I didn't get out of any of it up there, unfortunately, but the smart money was. And obviously, it's continued to go down and had a two for one stock split basically since here, except you didn't get any more stock. So $165 here now. Do I think Alibaba is cheap? Yes. Do Am I worried about China? Yes. And that's why I don't add to my position. Uh, you know, this one, I wish I would have kept my, uh, uh, you know how I like to write on the charts. Uh, but this is really when it all started. And this was, uh, this is going back to November. And they had decent, uh, you know, right up November of last year, they had decent uh you know they came off the high i think this was the ant when they got anted and then they popped back up and then they had good uh singles days numbers right november 11th and they they hit it on that they hit it on good news and then it came back to that area again never filled this gap and then this is when this was the big news here and you actually got it you did have a snap back rally that was a nice rally and here we are so uh, I wish I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the writing up there next time. But you know, say what's the next what's the next super catalyst to take Baba higher? Well, and what's are they gonna say something good? I mean, is China Communist Party gonna come out and be helpful? I mean, that would be a I don't change, know, but I don't think so. Did they say something about investing in Didi or something last week? Didn't we get yeah. that? Remember, DD popped on that. Well, a there, bit? there was the thing about them taking DD private that was very quickly shot down. So who, I don't know. who was going to take take them private? Or no, they China was. Did the, 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 yeah. yeah, they popped on that last week, and I think Baba moved off that as well. Um, S and P's creeping back up towards the highs of the session. No quit here. Up twenty six handles, just off the pre market high seventy six seventy five. So keeping it bid here at least. Uh, at least uh, 56 minutes before the open. And how how are the EV names doing? Neo, uh, XPV, lead Let's today. Huh? Not much happening there. Not much. Okay. Just up with the market overall. Tesla's up. Tesla's up with the market too. Okay. This looks like, it feels like to me like another selling the rip opportunity here. And, you know, we give by the dip so much credit. But I tell you. This has just been 2021 has been the year if you've been fading, you've been making money because, you know, the majority of stocks have just been chopped around, not doing much. And if you're buying dips and selling rips, you're banking coin. If you're just buying dips and holding, you're up and then you're down and you're up and you're down. If you're just selling rips and you're holding while you're up and you're down. So you got to be doing the combo, buying dips, selling rips. S&Ps are up to 60 after an awful day. I bet more on the sell side than the buy side. All right, is Tim lurking in the background there. Did you? Yeah, he is. But before I bring Tim on, I want to do a really quick plug on the topic of EVs. Benzinga's next conference is an EV conference. It's next week. Woo! Here's the link in the chat. We got people from GM. We got people from Women Are Here. All the companies that are that are nice. that Women Are will be there. Right? GM will be there. Uh, uh, a bunch of battery companies will be there. Archimoto will be there, right? Worksport nice. will be there. So there we go. BenzingaEvents.com. Learn more about the Benzinga EV Fun. conference next Wednesday all day. Hey, Spencer, I just want to make sure. Did you line up Tim for today? Did you send him an email so he comes on today and remembers? Are you making fun of me or something? Yeah, I am. 
We didn't have a guest on Friday. What? Yeah. I don't know where Joel's going. No big deal. Wait, wait, wait. What happened to uh you sent Ryan the 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 reminder on like Saturday for Friday. Jeez. It's okay. That's tough for me. All right. No All right. I'm deal. sorry. Uh oh. All right, Tim. No Tim. big deal. Oh, yeah. Tim. I forgot Tim. about it. I forgot about it's it. It's Monday. He's on the he was on the calendar. Tim match. All right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's Monday. It's 846. That's doing Tim Quast on from Market Structure Monday. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Tim Quast, how was your weekend, sir? It was it was uh, great. It was my uh, I had a wedding anniversary over the weekend. Oh. So uh, uh, I am the, I am the most fortunate uh, man on the planet. I am amazed every day that uh, the beautiful woman that I get to share life with puts up with me. Uh, How so many I, years, Tim? Let me guess. Yep. Uh, let me guess. Uh, see, I don't want to make it this is always a dangerous is this number one or number he's two? much younger than you joel he's not even in your realm <laughs> and we did all of this 25 to deflect attention 20, you know we, you needed to you needed 25. me to do that you know if if i had met karen uh 25 years earlier than i did uh it would be it would be 37 Okay. But uh, because I'm not very bright, it took me 20 years to find her. Okay. Uh, when when I did, I realized my my good fortune and blessings. Okay. But uh, before that, and and you, you know, the it, it just right took away. me a while. Took me a while. That's all. Yeah. He, he, he so it's a dozen awful. years. It was it was 12 on, on the 12th. A yep, baker's and one. what is the Whoa. special thing that you've like? I get the thing every year for the anniversary, starting with one, okay. two. There's a special, like you know, there's right. obviously the silver and the gold. What is right. it for 12? What special gift did you get your wife representing the 12th anniversary? A large David Yerman ring. That's what Ooh, I, got. I don't know yes. if that's it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's what it is. It's the it's the Yerman ring uh anniversary, nice. the 12th is yes. And yeah. one more thing, and then we'll let you do your stuff. Is that an NFT behind you? Uh, it is, and and uh, you can. We're actually auctioning it off uh, on the show points. today. Yes. Oh, excellent! This is an right. NFT. Speaking of which, there's Take a great snapshot of it. You get Tim. <laughs> right. You get right. Tim. It doesn't actually exist. Picture as an NFT. But uh, right, right. That's <laughs> well. It's funny that you mentioned that. There's a there's a, a column in the Wall Street Journal by uh, Andy Kessler, who is a hoot. Uh, I I tend to like what he writes, but uh, he was talking about the just bizarre valuations, you know, how Carvana is worth more than uh, Volvo, Ford, uh, a bunch of car companies. uh, uh, You know, he went through all this whole litany of things in which the valuations are crazy. But he also mentioned how there was a there was a a invisible statue auctioned off for 18,000. I saw that. that doesn't even exist, and somebody paid eighteen thousand for it. So I'm sure it'll all work out. Everything's fine. Uh, yeah. But uh, all right, so I'll give you a yes. cup of air from in here. You want to auction yeah. that off there too? Here's a cup of air. <laughs> Dennis's air. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can read my bid, air. I hope I don't have early and often. Be a bad right. auction. <clears throat> so, so Tim, what's on your radar for the week as far as markets are concerned? Well, uh, as you know, Congress is in session. And options expire, uh, so it'll be you know that'll be an interesting uh, confluence of events. You know, uh, I think it was Benjamin 
Franklin, who said the certainties in life, the only two certainties in life are I death and that. taxes. Yep. Right. And, and then Will Rogers, uh, here's a name that probably your audience doesn't know, uh, expounded upon that and said, uh, the difference between death and taxes is that death doesn't get worse every time Congress is in session. Uh, so you can ponder ponder that. Well, that's pretty good, actually. That's a pretty good pretty good line. Uh, here's what we're thinking about, Spencer, and and I hinted at it. There are the options expire this week, starting Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So you have VIX expirations, and that isn't just the VIX. It's not just volatility. Uh, the, the fear gauge, the measure of the vol implied volatility of the S&P 500, but it, it's the volatility as an asset class instruments. Uh, so it's always a nice peg. You can figure out, well, are, are, are people uh, wanting to, to, uh, to be more conservative or are they going to take more risk? In August, it was apparent on the 18th of August when VIX expirations hit last time and the market dropped that people were less interested in volatility hedges. That's what it means. It's not a negative. It means that money is very likely to pursue things like Tesla. <laughs> and so it'll be interesting. Thursday come uh, index options. Uh, expirations AM dated and then Friday is quad witching. I like to, you know, I've said this before, the, the, that unknown things occur during the, these periods. And so uh, I like to look at two things. What is the general direction of the demand uh, trends across the market? And we talk about that with Edge, that you can measure all of those things. You can see where the money is going. Uh, and then number two, because the, the unknown can occur, things that, that occur over the market, OTC, uh, uh, happen during those periods of time, I prefer to portage around those rapids. And, it's, it, and here's the way to think about this. The, so the, the, uh, the market, if, if you measure it by the S&P 500, is up in 2021, let's call it about 21%, uh, depending on what happens today. But if you were to tally the ups and downs in the market, the, the market is, it has moved significantly more than that. If you take out the pieces oh, of down yeah. periods, it's, yeah. it's very interesting to do this. And it's simple math. Uh, so the market has declined 42% around options expirations in 2021. Wow. So imagine if you skip those. Just imagine if you were to skip those and come back into the stream at a price better by three or four percent every single time that they hit than everybody else. Good well, return. it's it's a pretty good return. It's a way to think about it. Well, I look at that and not being the brightest fellow, but at least being observant, I would say to myself, self, let's avoid those. <laughs> so maybe here's what I'll do, Spencer, uh, and I'll pause here so that you can, I've done a lot of yammering there, but I'm going to show you these trend lines as we measure them uh, with Market Structure Edge. By the way, it's marketstructureedge.com. You guys can follow, you guys know this. You can follow along if you want to. Uh, so here's the dashboard at uh, marketstructureedge.com. By the way, notice this. You've been invited to preview beta 2.0. It's out. We have been working furiously on that. Our engineers have. We had our final meeting on it uh, last week. So, so if I were to, I'm going to get rid of this sort. So the sort right now is just giving me, here's our, we're going to look at this. Here's EV. You were just talking about EV. So yeah. let's look at where EV is right now. The top line is the demand trend. 
so it will go for, you know, far, uh, above five is good. Below five, not good. There aren't re returns below five. When the demand side is rising and the supply side, short volume is falling, stocks tend to do well. Well, that group had a good finish to August. It was, that was a good time to trade things like Nikola. Uh, look at it now. The, the demand trend is falling and the supply side is rising into options expirations. Well, the prudent foresee evil and hide themselves. Just, just hop around that and wait for those trends to turn. No matter how much you may think uh, EV stocks are good to buy, wait until the supply demand equation gives you an advantage, a probability that you will do better. You know, there are only so many stocks in the market. You will not outperform the market by owning things other people don't own. A thousand stocks are 95% of all market capitalization. The way that you win in the market is avoiding pitfalls and taking advantage of probabilities where demand is increasing. And the beautiful thing about that, folks, is that it eliminates the concern about valuation. We could talk all day about whether the, uh, the market is appropriately valued. Uh, but what really matters is supply and demand. What is money willing to pay? And uh, this will help you understand that. So uh, that's my comment, Spencer. That's where we are. Uh, I want to show you one other little piece of data here. Well, it's not really a little piece of data. It seems very, very uh, weedy and Ooh. arcane. Uh, so this is stuff we do internally. Okay. And, and what this is telling us is all the green bars are, are days where the market close, where there is net buying in a group of stocks. This is the 11 sectors making up the market. So we like to measure how stocks behave relative to midpoint. If the entire group closes above the midpoint, we know that money is coming into that group. If the group closes below the midpoint, it tells us that money is trying to leave. You may not see that in the basket that is used to measure the group. For instance, if you look at communication services, uh, the communication services ETF includes only 26 elements. Well, there are 150 stocks in the communication services group, which includes Facebook and Netflix and so on. So- Wait, wait, wait just real fast. What, what, are, what, what, are we, what is this now? Are we looking at indexes? Are we looking at- we are we are looking at the stocks comprising each of these sectors. So okay. we're seeing the entire market. So the problem with the broad measures, like the Dow Jones Industrial Average, it's 30 stocks. Right. Except there are 3,450 stocks that comprise the national market system. There are only about 2,500 in the, in the Wilshire 5,000, because those are all that meet those criteria. But we can then measure all the money. What's the money doing? Well, around options expirations in August, look at all the green. Everywhere you look, this is healthcare, this is financials, this is consumer discretionary, here's communication services. So that would tell us the market would do well because it's cause and effect. Now look at it. I mean, this is blood red everywhere. It is actually the worst of 2021. The only time that compares to it was June. Uh, and June was bad. Right? So if I look at here's materials imploded, even real estate. I said last week, well, real estate was the best place to be. Why did I say it? Well, look at all the green. But that came apart at the seams Thursday and Friday. 
of last week. And it was active money that sold that group. It wasn't passive money. So if I look at all this data, I have all the red on the right side of the graph, it tells me I should avoid the market no matter what it does today. The reason the market will be up today, if it even finishes up, is because there are very cheap baskets of options to buy. So I'll tell you, as, as you options traders know, they uh, there is time decay. And there's a Greek term for it. I think it's theta. I don't pay attention to those terms. But I do know this, that there will be an effort on the part of high-speed traders who are very good and faster than everybody else to say, where do I get the best discount on these options? I'll buy up a basket, and then I'm going to run prices in that group in the hopes of selling my basket to somebody else by Friday morning at the latest. But this will play out this week. We warned everybody in, uh, at EDGE in our market desk note so that you will understand that it's not fundamental. There is a reason why this is occurring and the prudent should beware of it. I'm not going to I'm not going to go chase stuff this week because I can see all the blood red there. Right. Why would I why would I do that? So. Isn't, isn't this information like a little bit, to some extent, a little bit obvious, though, like 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 there are more sellers and buyers last week. That's right. Duh. Well, right. not not necessarily. Right, that right. The market went so down. There, why? Because there are more sellers and buyers. That's not, there's always. It's funny, you know. You can say there's more sellers and buyers, and more buyers and sellers. But there's a buyer for every seller and a seller for every buyer. So when people actually say that, it's technically not true. Okay. I, right. I would say it's more active buyers that are lifting offers as opposed to you know. The, so the active money, the passive money. I think that's where we bring Tim in here too, yeah. is because he's looking for where that active money is going to be moving into. Where is the demand rising? Because you have passive, you know, sellers, you know, even market makers to a certain extent, but there's passive all the time, but there's other passive out there. It's the active money that really moves it. So just necessarily saying there's more buyers than sellers is never true because there's a seller for every buyer. Exactly. And really, Spencer, if we look at the, the data here for the S&P 500, this is what happened in the five days ended uh, September 10th, Friday. Here's the composition of the S&P 500. That's the volume. So 9% of it came from active money, 21% from passive, 50, over 50% from fast trading, and 19% from risk management, and investment behavior was actually down. So there were not more sellers than buyers. What happened is that all the people making bets with derivatives shifted short. See this? An 8% increase in short volume as a component of overall volume. 44% of the market was short. And the leading behavior of only 50 basis points. Realize this. Nothing moved much. That tells us there were a lot of marketable trades. If there's a big change in, in the percentages, that tells us there are actual buyers and sellers. Here, it's just everybody hitting the bid in the offer. But the only behavior to increase materially was risk management and the machines that amplify those moves and who know how the tick is changing. So if this suddenly becomes actual selling, then we have trouble, right? So this is what we watch. Uh, it all, but it, it tells me I don't want to compete with machines. I'm not fast enough. I can, but I can beat them by knowing the supply-demand balance, which they don't pay attention to because they're too close to the tick. That's what we do with Edge. We want to take a long step back and say we want to observe how those things hit, hit supply and demand. And I could scroll all the way across this, this uh, dashboard, and, and I would see everywhere, almost every single trend line is down, save what I have here for us. 
The only thing showing a demand line up and a supply line down is what I put in our Benzinga pre-market prep portfolio, because that's the only stuff I'd be interested in. I'm only interested in things that are running opposite to the trend lines in the market. And even that doesn't make me comfortable because it can get run over. One, one thing I, I yeah, one thing mm-hmm. I just want to expound on both Tim and uh, Dennis's points is you have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know, there's times when that like you can feel like when the market's going up, like it went up last week. It kind of like it's going up today. It's like like there's offers there, right? It seems like institutions, they're always willing, you know, they always have targets. They're always looking to, hey, if I could sell 200,000 Apple at 154, you know, that's a quarter of my position. And so they're selling into, they're selling into strength. Their offers are like, come and get me. This is where I want to sell it. And then you feel those days like that. Now, a day like Friday, People are selling on weakness and there's less bids in the market. And so you get you get those downslopes. And of course, you have the buyers that step up, but it's just selling in the strength as opposed to like a daylight. And then even kind of feels like today, like the guys that didn't panic, you know, the guys that didn't sell on the close. Oh, 9-11, we're going to open 40 handles lower. They're like, OK, I'm getting a 30 point premium to where the spoos closed on Friday. You know, my number is 4470 and they'll work it. And so it's just it's different dynamics. And Tim, I think your numbers kind of like sniff out everybody, you know, the strong sellers, the strong buyers. And uh, no, I think just taking both your points into account there, I just wanted to throw that in there. Well, nice. and I, I agree with you entirely that the. I think it's important to know that the market moves according to the bid and the offer. That that is such a it's a central point. And who sets those? Well, we just looked at the data. Fifty over fifty percent of the time, those are coming from people who don't want to own anything at the end of the day. So if the buy sell balance begins to tip against them, that's how the market goes down, uh, just falls apart in the last hour. If machines that don't want to own anything go, wow, the bid is and the, the the offer is moving against me. I'm pulling my bids, and that's how that's how you get May 6, 2010, a flash crash. If machines that are that are uh, that get these these exemptions to make markets, all that a, a market maker like Citadel cares about is making a tiny tenth of a penny profit 
on the, on the difference between bids and offers and supply yeah. and demand. That's what they're doing. But if they see those things begin to tilt against them, they're out. And that's how the market can suddenly move without any real buyers or sellers. Yeah. It doesn't take much for that to happen. All right, Tim Quas joining the show every Monday at 8.35 to give us his thoughts on the market and who's doing what. Tim, pleasure as always. Talk to, to you guys next okay. Monday. Marketstructure.com, guys, to learn more about Tim's product and, uh, and, and, and how it works and then how they view the markets. It's 8.54. Time flies when you're having fun is what my dad always says. So let's do some ticker time. Drop some tickers into the chat, and we will – Take a look. Do you I want the Do you want the dad saying of the day? Yes, I do. Uh, dads love saying, "Let's rustle up some grub when they're hungry." <laughs> <laughs> and also, yeah, the rustle one, up some grub. <laughs> I like this dad saying of the day. Dad's, we'll oh, this is the old one. Day. Money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah, I the book. I remember Jeremy Newsom was writing the book. Money does grow on trees. Yeah, and then the one for trade. tomorrow. I just got to give it in case I forget. This is uh, this is one of my uh, favorite ones. What's the plan, Stan? Okay, okay. We're, we're going going to ah, let's go to. We'll start with. I was going to start us off, but now we got a bunch in the chat here. So let's start off with uh, um, uh, Twilio from Michael. Twilio, Ooh, long time. Mondo. Long time. No luck. Look at this, Joel. You've got a growth stock and a pullback here. That's actually <laughs> interesting in itself. I mean, Twilio has been one of those stocks that just continues to grind higher valuations. Nobody cares about those and the growth names. Eventually, they do if growth starts to slow. I'm going to say your level, and Joel Price is the same one. If you go out and you just, what, what jumps out of 331 low back from August yeah. 19th? That's as long as it's above that, the bulls are still in control. But if it breached that, the overall trend line would probably be breached as well. The trend line, you could argue, would be breached even if, it, if, even if it went through 340. But I think as long as it's above that 331, I'd stay in the bull camp. Below yeah. That, I, yeah. I don't want to be in it. You lost half of this move here too, which is uh, which is not yeah. good. You had like a forty point move, so you're really you want to if you're looking for this thing to go to three seventy, three seventy beyond, you got to regain three fifty. Uh, that was right in the area of yesterday's high, trading up two sixty three. If you want, and I I know you get no one likes when I do this, but if you want to be like super bearish, right? I mean. <laughs> You know, you had you've had some major down moves, and then you, the rebounds have just been this first rebound snuffed out at four hundred. Then they tried again on a weekly; it was snuffed out at four hundred. Now you're kind of forming the same area at three seventy. So, yeah. if you don't want to, do, you know, if you want to do a projection here from like four ten to three thirty, what eighty point move, eighty down from three seventy takes you to 280 so i don't know so you better hold 331 is what you're telling yeah me. big time yeah again if you're putting on any trade we want to say it again even though spencer israel got stopped on as a firm <laughs> you know it's the right call it takes out your contingent where you have your contingency plan whenever i enter any trade i'm thinking where am i getting out you know where is my out before i'm not worried about how much first step into any trade is where is my risk and then i can build my return off of that but if you're looking and saying i'm gonna make all this money by buying this stock and you're looking at how much money you can make first you probably in the long run will struggle to survive in this industry it's all about capital protection discipline 
cutting your losers, having your level, you know, where it is. And sometimes they're clear cut. Sometimes they're not. And sometimes they do the little undercut and rally trick. And, you know, there's all kinds of different trades off of those too. But just make sure you can, you can put on any trade as long as you know where your out is. I do want to say um, I'm a smidge disappointed this morning on the likes. We're at 308 likes. I would have thought, you know, I've made my triumphant return. The prodigal son. I I'm back. Like the show more. I, I think we. Thought... I think we averaged 840 last week. I know. There's, there's definitely. But you want to know something? Mitch pushes those likes, man. I know. He pushes <laughs> way harder than. I me. think he's probably in the background pushing the likes right he now. He pushes so much likes, harder. Likes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, when we went out for lunch on Friday, like we're walking down the street and he's asking people, "Do you like pre-market prep?" <laughs> <laughs> no. Then like the show with a thumbs up button. I keep saying they need a love button on YouTube. Put the love button. button yeah, on there. see, we'd be, I, we'd be I, loaded up with the love button. I, I, I'm way, I'm way more chill. I'm way like if you want to hit the like, hit the like. But I'm not gonna like make you do it. I'm not gonna ram it down your throat thirty times a day. But I guess that's, like, that's, that's what I got to do apparently to and, get us to five hundred. Let's and do. You know, and you know that I could care less if you don't want to watch our show. Then put on CNBC or go do something else. Ah, uh, Joel, yeah, you don't like the show. You don't like the best financial content in the entire world then go do something else i mean whoa, i don't, you know, I don't wait, know what the heck you wait, want wait 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 juan juan says there's at least no fart jokes this week what did i what exactly went on last week when yeah, i there was here? some bad things there did you do bad, that there Dennis? was a few bad tangents I will give what that. happened Dennis, last what week? did you do oh the tesla the yeah tesla fart that was story came out. All right. that, that yeah. came out of dennis's mouth. it was it was two-year-old farts so it was okay. oh boy All i didn't right. fart live on the show I haven't done that yet. I don't think I don't, anyone's done that yet. <laughs> How would they that know? Would get some, that would get some I guess when your eyes sure. water. Some dislikes, too. All right. All right. No, no. I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole. We're done. Oh, yeah, we're going go. down rabbit hole. Alice in Wonderland style here. Okay. One more stock. One more quickly. Uh, I, I, saw, quick. I saw a drop in the chat. C-O-H-U. Kohu. Semiconductor. It was off the board. C-O-H-U. I have not traded this stock. Long time. Long time. Yeah. Let's look at the chart, though. C-O-H-U. $34. You know what? Line in the sand is that low from three days ago, $33.51. You got the nice up move in August. You got a little consolidation back where you were finding support in June and July. So the technical setup, okay, I don't like the week close, but everything closed week on Friday. I don't like the overall market, so I'm not a buyer of stocks today. I'm a seller of stocks. That's probably why I'm not buying COHU. But I can tell you, if you're looking at support, it's this $33.51 low from three days ago. I'm just looking at resistance and like this thing needs to clear 38 until it clears 38. Then, you know, I think there's pressure to the downside. Okay. All right. Hey, I'm going to hop off, Spencer. I'm gonna, I need to uh, talk to you later. So uh, oh, we'll, uh, I'm going to hop over to P-Market Prep Plus. First stock I'm going to cover is AMC for all you apes out uh, there. That's yeah. not the apes right. on P-Market Prep Plus. That sounded, re- that sounded really ominous. Didn't everyone join you to talk to me later? That sounded not good. I don't know what that's going to be like. <laughs> we'll find out. Dennis, have a good rest of your day. Guys, finally, we've had such a dull few weeks in IPO land and finally we have some IPOs to talk about. Let's bring on Matt Hammond from IPO Warriors to break it down for us. Matt, good morning. Am I, am I right to be in food? It's good to be back. It's like yes. uh, game off for a while and now game on. I am ready. I'm pumped. How, how slow were the last few weeks for you like compared to like 
like where does the last few weeks rank in your like trading career? Uh, since of- I really started trading IPOs, it has been it was by far the slowest. I mean, it was just like, wow. oh my gosh, another week with no IPOs. I mean, we had and part of it's because this year was just unprecedented in terms. Of, I mean, just take the SPACs out of the way and you still had a record number of IPOs. And this week we should break the total funding from 2000 uh, during the dot com kind of run. Uh, but I think it was. 96 billion was raised in 2000 in the year 2000 through IPOs and now we're sitting at something like 94 95 and we've got 3 billion on the calendar just for this week. Oh. So, we're uh, we're headed not just for breaking the record but setting, you know, a, a very high bar for uh, for years to come. But you know, it's been a very profitable year. People, you know, I went back and read some of the chats from, you know, we did, we had to kind of fill space in the last couple of weeks. We talked strategy, we talked mm-hmm. about a few of the kind of the oddball uh, IPOs and uplistings and even despacking. Um, but yes, trading IPOs, if you're taking long positions, buying off the IPO is generally not a great strategy. And it's sort of considered common knowledge, you know, don't buy the IPO, wait for it to settle down, wait six months, let the lockup period expire. Um, but that's not really what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about here is taking quick profits off the volatility of especially hot IPOs uh, right off of their debut or on a dip on the opening day. And we talk about different uh, different patterns, different trends, different strategies to look for. But it has been very profitable for me. It's been very profitable for the people who have been trading with me. I'm not like leading a group. I don't have a, I mean, we're kind of like warriors as a, as a you know, as a clan going out and finding opportunities, uh, talking about what's going to pop. There are definitely certain uh, factors that come into play that seem to generate a trend or patterns that we can follow. And by identifying those and developing a kind of ongoing fluid strategy, uh, we've been able to make a lot of money. So uh, join us. And yeah, it is my primary trading strategy. And there are other strategies that come off of that, uh, playing uh, sort of the dips in ranges on a lot of these recent IPOs has been very profitable as well. Uh, we saw a curve last week started to end, and most people aren't even aware of it. It's plus size women's you know garments sold online, and just by watching the trend of it and seeing that hey, it IPO'd at eighteen, debuted at around you know eighteen nineteen, then ran up to thirty, and then it started pulling back, and at around twenty, it started looking really you know, like hmm. This is looking good, and this is in the same vein as like Lululemon and some of the other, and you know Nike. It's it's at home, uh, COVID. People are buying clothes still, and they don't want to go out and shop. So right before earnings, they dipped down to eighteen, nineteen. I said, this is you know you got to play this, and I only knew about it because I was playing it on the IPO as well. Yeah, uh, jumped thirty percent the next day. You know, killed on earnings, and we saw the same thing in Sentinel a, a few weeks ago. It came down to like forty five, forty six bought it, it ran up to about 70. Uh, we've seen, you know, even a firm was a recent IPO that was starting to pull into range. So by following stocks right off the IPO, it's really like getting to know a baby at birth. Like, you know, you see it develop, you see the market reacting to it. You understand why, you know, why it's trading, where it's trading, uh, and whether it's because of some big news or whether it's just, you know, people have kind of forgotten about it for a little while. And so you see a lot of IPOs, especially when the market gets cold, people kind of take their money out of them. And then when the money comes back into the market, these recent IPOs, especially the hot ones, have really, uh, I mean, we've seen quite a few of them double 
uh, in price in the last month. And playing those swings was kind of where my attention went when there weren't IPOs to play. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's kind of like, you know, you're always building blocks. You're putting one one idea on top of the next and on top of the next. And for me, trading IPOs is just sort of the baseline. It's kind of like how I meet stocks. And playing the initial debut gives a nice sort of, I, I'm aiming for about 5, 10, maybe 20% win on these over the first few days. Sometimes I'm holding a little bit longer. And right now, we saw in, I guess, August sort of things start to cool down and we weren't seeing big premiums uh, on the debut price from the IPO price. And I think that's part of the reason that a lot of IPOs got rescheduled from August because, you know, the big underwriters were like, yeah, we're not going to buy right now because we're not seeing that that debut premium, that pop uh, before it debuts. But a lot of the stocks that had IPO'd right before that they got such small premiums at the time, whereas in a, you know the normal IPO environment, or certainly about a year ago, they would have you know added another twenty or thirty percent on that debut pop. Uh, they kind of came out with a pretty subdued price, which is a great for you know a great thing for retail traders like us because we get to buy it and then catch that wave up. And we've seen really a lot of more IPOs right before this sort of lull that gave impressive gains over the next month or two. It's almost the strategy changed a little bit from grabbing the initial uh, immediate pop to, hey, buy these and hold them a little bit and wait for the market to come back. And then you're going to have a great opportunity to take the profit that used to be exclusively offered to the institutional investors on the IPO is now being kind of spread out a little bit to uh, to retail traders. So we have a huge lineup coming yeah, up. Yeah, let's get uh, to the calendar. So, um, for me, it's game on. Uh, there were no IPOs last week. There's a lot of attention in SPACs. It seemed like the SPAC trade is back again. Uh, some people consider the D-SPAC an IPO. Uh, I don't. It's totally different fundamentals. Uh, they have been hot, so they're worth watching. Um, but yeah, watch the watch Mitch on the Benzing SPAC attack show. Uh, the guys on that show are really uh, have kind of caught me back up to speed and showed me some opportunities. I made a killer play on ARQQ based on having watched, you know, some of the some of the things they had. And uh, yeah, I mean, in in Mitch's spirit, uh, smash that like button, uh, sign up for the newsletter at IPOWarriors.com. I recap all of the things we talk about today. I send out written up uh, overviews of each IPO and give you a little bit more details on how I'm trading them. So uh, IPOWarriors.com, sign up for the newsletter. You'll get that uh, in your inbox every, usually after the show on Monday, sometimes Tuesday before the IPOs go live. Uh, I'm going to skip the list because we're about to go through them every day, but I will post this PowerPoint to the website. You guys can download it if you want to. Wait, uh, I just want to yeah. share your screen. Mm -hmm. share your screen. Oh, I'm not sharing my screen. That not, will, not, uh, not yet. Leave people a little bit confused. Hold on. And then we can share the schedule. We got some names this week, guys. We got. Yeah. I wrote them down. Can you uh, see that? Yeah, I got you. There we go. Okay. All right. Yeah, Sport Radar was the one that I that I took note of. That one seems interesting. I like, and we'll just jump right into that yeah. one. So, uh, Sports Radar is interesting because it's something that a lot of people have become familiar with. Certainly, sports gambling. Uh, you know, starting with DraftKings, and you know, now a bunch of others uh, is becoming mainstream. It's legalized in a lot of states, and it's growing. Uh, Sports Radar got a lot of attention because they did. They were kind of on the doorstep of doing a SPAC deal, and then uh, it, it fell apart. It did, um, and in some ways, that's good for an IPO because there is a tendency to think, oh well, companies that can't do an IPO go the SPAC route. So now that they're doing a real, you know, an IPO, IPO, people are, you know, in some ways, that gives them a little bit of credibility, regardless of why the SPAC deal fell apart. 
Uh, they are kind of in that category of the thing behind the thing, which you guys always talk about. They do the data streams that these gambling websites use to get their data from the NBA, uh, Major League Baseball, and the NHL. They lost the NFL contract, you know, a couple months ago to Genie, and that I think gave them a little bit of, uh, you know, people are kind of raising their eyebrow and going, "Hey, how uh, how tight of a grip do they really have on these data rights? Are they going to lose?" more and if they are you know if they had the big four and now they're down to the big three is that the direction that they're going in and i don't know enough to say one way or another but this is kind of the premier company in terms of streaming that data to the gambling websites they've shown growth and profitability and they avoided the SPAC route and genie it was interesting because they beat on the recent uh, earnings report but shares dropped anyway and some of that might just be the you know we've seen a lot of companies beat on earnings and their share price drops and people are kind of going and shaking their heads and going, oh, I don't understand why. But some of it is that people are getting so excited going into these earnings reports that they're driving up the stock and it's one of these buy the rumor, sell the news events. Uh, but no doubt uh, sports betting is here to stay. And this, this is the data that drives sports betting. Uh, it's also a very popular name. And we've talked about these day two runs. Uh, do a little bit of quick review here. Uh, because we are resuming uh, after kind of, it's almost felt like last month was the off season and yeah. now the season's starting again. Uh, the day two run is something that happens, especially with familiar brand names where people aren't really, especially retail traders who aren't active traders, but they you know have a stock portfolio. They buy things when they think they, they have an opportunity and they're not aware of the IPO on the day of the IPO because it's sort of a specialized event that gets more coverage after the, the day of the IPO. So Sports Radar will have its IPO on Tuesday. Tuesday during the day, there will be a whole bunch of news outlets uh, that cover uh, sports. You know, Sports Radar jumps 30% on IPO. And that article will show up in everybody's, you know, everybody who follows sports, everybody who's got their Google News feed. You know, they're going to get this and they're going to go, oh, that's the com- that's gambling. That's the thing behind the thing in gambling. And then on day two, these retail tra- retail traders will get into their accounts, buy the stock. And we often see, especially with highly recognized brand names, uh, we see the stock run on day two. So I like playing this one, especially because it's a conservative float. It's not 30 million shares. It's kind of in that sweet spot of 15 to 20 million shares, where if enough people just based on sheer supply dyna- uh, demand dynamics, we're going to doesn't take a lot of demand to push this up. And I like it because the downside, unless it debuts at a huge premium, which would surprise me given the landscape of the IPOs, and this is kind of the first one leading the charge, uh, that I think we're going to get a reasonable opportunity to buy this on a debut. If it dips a little bit, I can buy some more with the confidence that day two is very likely to produce some, you know, some momentum. And when non kind of IPO focused traders are already talking about an IPO. Everyone kind of seems to be aware that this one's coming. That's another good sign of uh, this is something I'm, you know, I'm hot on. Again, just for that, for the day one or day two, not, he's not saying long-term. Let's move on, Matt. Uh, my, my bigger point there is that I don't use stop losses and that goes counter to what a lot of day traders, you know, preach. And the reason is that we so often see Uh, IPOs rebound on day two. And like a lot of people in my group have kind of moved towards that, uh, that strategy of saying, Hey, I keep stopping myself out for, you know, 5% loss, but these things are really volatile. And day two often uh, brings, you know, brings the price back up. 
And even beyond that, like if you're, you know, if you can afford to, I mean, for me, it's no problem to hold it for a month. And a lot of times, as soon as that media, uh, there's also like a silent period after a com company IPOs, they're not supposed to print anything in the media. They're not supposed to make any, you know, press releases. Uh, I think it's usually, you know, 20 days or 30 days. And once that expires, then uh, they can release information. They start getting coverage from analysts. And that oftentimes brings the stock back up, especially if it's been depressed going into that period. So I, I really don't like to take a loss on these. I mean, duh, but there really is a, a good opportunity for these to come back uh, within the first, you know, one to two days. And if not, you know, there's, I've, I've taken very, very few losses and I've held a few of these longer than I would have if I was just day trading a stock that had been out there for a while. Okay, jumping to the next one, uh, Definitive Healthcare. This is a SaaS platform providing commercial intelligence for healthcare. It's a very crowded space, but these guys do have incre increasing gross profits, high gross margins, 41% uh, revenue growth, and 111%. Uh, this is customer retention. Uh, DBNR is, uh, I forget what it means, but it's customer retention rate. Okay. So they're keeping their customers while they're growing. Uh, there's a lot of competition, but they've established themselves as a, you know, a leading player or at least a very competitive player. And the float is just 15.6 million shares. However, September on September 15th, there's about five pretty interesting IPOs. So I'm not sure if this is going to get a lot of interest from retail traders. I'd never heard of this company before. This is kind of like reminds me of Duck Creek, which has done pretty well and had a run after their silent period ran up, but it's not the kind of play that gives me just, oh yeah, definitely everyone's gonna wanna buy this, especially when we have uh, a few others that are a little bit more, gonna get more attention. I think the downside on this one is kind of low, but I don't think the upside is particularly high. So I'll be watching and taking notes, but I don't think I'll be playing this one. Uh, Dutch Brothers Coffee, this is a coffee franchise that has uh, a pretty big presence in the mostly in the Western states. So there's well, a lot of room. One, one in the chat if you've had this, two if you haven't. I'm just, I've never heard of this company before. So one if you have Dutch Brothers, if you have had it, two if you have not had. Uh, yeah, so if you're like in Oregon where they're based out of, you definitely okay. know what Dutch Brothers are. Uh, you know, if you're in Seattle, if you're up in that kind of Northwest area, but if you're anywhere on the East Coast, you've never heard of this. So on one hand, that's kind of like, okay, um, well, that's a lot of room to grow. You know, they have, they've done they're doing well where in the place where they are it's driving coffee you know it's better than uh dunkin donuts in terms of like perceived quality of the coffee um but i don't know if it's going to get enough brand name recognition outside of the areas where it operates to push this up so this might be an interesting long-term investment but i'm not sure the ipo uh, just blows up mm. okay I'm always and, wanting to think and, and, and that comes down to the fact that it's not super well known because it's only in in, uh, in, on, in the Northwest or on the West Coast. Yeah. Um, and I kind of wonder if there'll be more comparisons to Starbucks. I mean, that would make sense. Um, or Dunkin' Donuts or, or uh, sorry, Krispy Kreme. Uh, I don't think they're going to get Luckin Coffee type of, uh, you know, <laughs> bashing. That's, but, a whole, uh, that's a whole different thing. That's a whole yeah. thing. <laughs> But I think it's uh, someone asked in the chat who's doing the underwriting. I think the lead left is Bank of America and then JPM, Jefferies, Barclays, Piper Sandler, um, and then a few other smaller. But they have a pretty long list of underwriters. 
uh, 21 share million shares. I think for this one, I'm not, I just, you know, there's other ones with more conviction and I'm, it's pretty hard to play these all at once. They debut not at 9.30 in the morning. They debut kind of, you know, sometime during the day, usually between 10 a.m. at the earliest to, you know, the bigger ones that we've seen them go live at somewhere you know, as late as 1.30 or even 2. So you're sitting there all day trying to play these and you're trying to, I'm trying to raise my limit order, especially if I'm trying to buy it the minute it debuts. I'm raising my limit order according to what I see the indication price on, usually on Webull, on the mobile app, you can see the indication price sometimes on uh, E-Trade or a TD Ameritrade, you'll see it, especially for the NYSE stocks. So I'm trying to keep my bid just above the uh, the limit or, or the indication price so that I get filled uh, the second it starts trading. Unless I'm taking an alternate strategy, if I think something's gonna dip or I think it's, you know, there's no reason to buy on the debut. Recently, we haven't seen things just fly off the debut. So unless something's super popular, I might, even undercut it by 25 cents or 50 cents and try to catch it there. Um, but this one, it's not that I don't like the company. It just doesn't have all the ingredients for uh, an immediate pop on the debut. And we'll talk about some that do and well, right now. So on holding, this is the sports shoe and apparel. You know, they do running uh, shoes. They do some tennis shoes now too. They're backed by Roger Federer. They're pretty well known and they have like kind of a cult-like following. Apparently they're super comfortable. Uh, they did swing to profit in 2021. They have growing revenue, gross profits, and gross margins, and their numbers are pretty impressive. Revenue is up 85% in the past six months, ending June 30th. Profits up 95% in the past six months. So they're they've got all the you know the right financials. Uh, the floats pretty standard, 30 you know 31 million shares, and a lot of people do know this company, and that sets it up for a day two, um, you know media cycle plus a lot of people who you know know roger federer or fault follow tennis will get alerts on this on day two so this one's pretty much i mean the float isn't too high so um i might not expect this one to shoot up right away but i'll probably take a partial position on the debut and if it dips a little more add and then expect that kind of early morning day two i'll probably be watching it uh early on the you know between 9.30 and 10.30, we often see that day two run materialize. And that for me is a great time to uh, to look to exit for this, you know, for this kind of play. All right, now this one I really do like. Uh, this is Proset Biorobotics, and they do surgical robotics in urology. And what they basically have is this surgical robotic system that's already being used. Uh, they have, um, you know, 124 uh, units in operation, over 5,000 patients treated so far. Uh, revenue, sorry guys, revenue uh, was up 555% year over year for the first half of 2021. And what it is, it's like a robotic system that goes in and performs like prostate procedures or you know male health procedures. And it really reminds me a lot of Intuitive Surgical, which has gone up like, I don't know, uh, a thousand percent in the last two years or something. It's been, it's been one of the best performing stocks in the market. Yes. Yeah. And this sounds so much like it with a float of just 5.5 million shares. Plus there's an underwriter out, you know, allotment of 825,000. But this to me is just like low float. It'll get a lot of comparison. It doesn't need to be a brand name recognized uh, product there. They know this, 
they're already using it. This isn't one of those speculative biotech. Oh, well, once they get FDA approval, you're not holding on for that. This one to me is screaming, like play it and play it big. Um, of course there's risk involved, but this is the kind of play that gets a lot of attention and everything I've read about them says, yeah, this one with a low float will go. Uh, I want to play this one. ThoughtWorks, this one's a little bit tricky for me. This company is a technology consultancy for software design and development. They're pretty big. They also run touring.com, which is like hiring high level remote developers you know, through their website. And to me, it's kind of like one of those situations where the market's not going to be interested in a consultancy. It's not a lot of growth in uh, consultancy businesses. They're sort of stable and safe, but um, they're not high growth. Whereas, um, you know, online, like Fiverr, for example, went through, you know, on a huge run last year. So Turing.com is like kind of really interesting, but their core business is not so interesting. They are spread out across 17 countries. You know, their revenue is up 24% six months ending June 30th, but I don't know how much of that is from the website and how much of that is from uh, the consultancy. I would assume that it's from, a lot of it's from the website. I mean, these are solid numbers, uh, but when you look at a growth stock, it's, you know, it's not particularly sexy. It's not like some of the other ones that we're looking at here. And, you know, consultancy is not a great story, but hiring remote developers is a solid story. Uh, the one that kind of puts it into the less interested side of the equation for me is the float is 36.8 million shares, which just doesn't give it any uh, particularly volatile uh, or, you know, there aren't going to be low float traders who just jump into this one. It's probably a good long term bet. Um, it might see an increase. It's just one of the, to me, it looks like one of the plays that sort of dips a little bit, stays just a dollar or two below the debut price and leaves you hanging on for a while. And then when it, by the time it does come back up, you're kind of like, oh, I just, you know, I just want to get out of this with a non loss. And then it, you know, then you're kicking yourself when it does finally run. I could be totally wrong, but to me, this one is, uh, all right, Matt, Matt, we got to, we got to wrap run through. Okay. Yeah, just run the okay easy, easy fill delivery gas station. They deliver gas to your door. What? Sounds really weird. Uh, it's, there's an app for everything. I mean, EVs are coming up, you know, coming up strong on gas. I can't believe that that's profitable. It's available on Webull. It just has a super low float and might get targeted by people going, yeah, what the hell, we'll all buy it and it'll go up. And then it's just musical chairs who can sell out. Um, we've seen crazier things happen. I'm going to keep an eye on it, but it's one of those. I'll just be shaking my head when this thing like gets oh, run up to like five to ten. Yeah. <laughs> Dice Molecules, biotech oral delivery platform for therapeutic, la, 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 la. I don't understand this. I don't understand biotech. <laughs> Unless it's something very specific, I'm not playing it. Next. Next. Tyra Biosciences, environmentally friendly pesticides. Sounds kind of interesting. This was previously a publicly traded company on AIM, which is a subset of the London Stock Exchange. Uh, from what I can understand, they've never been profitable. They don't make much money. It's a lowish float, but I just don't think it's going to get targeted. And I don't think the story is sexy enough. So if I'm wrong. Okay, I'm going to miss some. Uh, if I miss this one, I'm not going to kick myself over it. Forge Rock, I like this one. Um, I like it because it's identity management platform. It sounds a lot like Okta. Uh, they have growing revenue and profits. They're up 53% in the last six months, uh, ending June, up 56% profit uh, last six months. And the float is just 11 million shares. So this is the kind of tech stock where um, they're generating the right kind of numbers. They're in the right kind of space. 
they have the right kind of clients. And it's the kind of thing where, I mean, what they do is they help corporations who have all these different uh, softwares going on, simplify the login process for their employees and employees. You know, it's, it's a combination of security and identity management. So cybersecurity has been really hot. Identity management for companies has been pretty hot. Okta is up like 1100% since its IPO in 2017 with just 11 million shares. I mean, this, this to me is the kind of, kind of setup that I like to play. And that's a wrap, right? That's uh, a wrap. IPO schedule for the week. Matt Hammond, IPOWarriors.com. Link is on the screen. Link is in the description. It's in the chat. Uh, his Twitter handle is there as well. Sign up for the newsletter. It'll go out in a couple hours here with all the with the further breakdown on these stocks. And uh, join the Reddit group. It's free. Right. We're live trading these. Thanks as always. Talk to you again next week. Thanks, Spencer. Have a good right. week. That's a wrap, guys. If you missed our re- most recent Benzinga boot camp, it was this past weekend. I'm going to put the link in the chat to purchase the recording. There it is, a full day of stock market investing trading education from our most recent boot camp uh, from Saturday uh, the 11th. Uh, that's going to be a wrap for me here. Thanks to Matt. Thanks to Tim. Thanks to all of you in our chat. I missed you guys. I really did. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.